0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and listening to our weekly podcast presented by Opinions Anonymous. Buckle in because we're about to have a lot of fun. Remember, everyone has an opinion and we'd love to hear yours, but ours are just so much better.
1: Welcome to another episode of Opinions Anonymous the only podcast that isn't totally out of ideas for things to talk about, I promise. Uh, my name is Andy. Today, we have a very special episode. It's a little different. We're adapting to our current climate of absolutely nothing notable happening in the outside world. Uh, but we still have a great episode today, so we're really excited about that. Before we get into it, uh, a couple of quick plugs up top, as usual. Make sure you guys check out our YouTube channel like and subscribe to that and make sure to join us on our discord server uh a bunch of people are using discord for group chats now so i've heard so you might already have an account if you don't it's free so we'll put a a a link in the description for you guys to join us um it's a lot of fun over there all right plugs out of the way it's time to introduce my co-hosts first A man who provided me the most joy I think I felt in about a month when he told me that Avatar The Last Airbender was coming to Netflix on May 15th and that he wanted to rewatch it with me. It's Other Luke. Other Luke, how excited are you?
2: Slight correction. I don't want to rewatch it with you. I have actually never seen a single episode.
1: That's right. Important distinction there, but we will be when May fifteenth comes around. Look out, because that's what we'll be
2: diving into. Yeah, let us know if you're interested in a watch along part of the Netflix watch party. We could we could do all three seasons in one day. Just let us know
1: <laughs> if if time is if that's possible to do in one day, time wise. All right. Uh, secondly, finally, happy to have something to bet on with the NFL draft last night and. The guy whose bets you can't fade,
0: it's Kyle. How'd you fare last night, Kyle? Well, I have enough money left to still bet again today, and that's all you can hope for. And go ahead and count me in on that Avatar watch. I want in on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love it.
1: So that's that's three people already making it one of our most successful ventures in podcast history. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, mark your calendars for May 15th. So speaking of of the draft a little bit we of course you you may have noticed that uh another another one of our co-hosts wasn't with us and that's Luke and you know we're not 100% sure you know we lost track of him pretty soon after Joe Burrow got drafted to the Bengals so I I don't know speculation is is wild about his whereabouts right now but we're pretty sure it's it's somewhere just overflowing with unspeakable emotion that he finally has Joe Burrow on his team (laughs) Um, to, uh, to go along with that theme. So did you guys have, I I guess, did you watch the draft first of all um, uh, and have any thoughts on,
2: on how it played out? This is probably the draft I've watched the most of ever. Right. and i didn't even like watch it on tv i i sat back in my man cave for some reason the cable wasn't working so i just pulled up like the cbs sports like draft tracker and so i i wasn't even watching the picks as they were happening happening normally i watch like the first four or five and go do something else i sat through the entire thing just watching a draft tracker because that's how desperate i am for new sports <laughs> like something new meaningful happening Oh, number twenty three, some random dude out of Wichita. Okay, cool. Love him. Great pick. <laughs> I'm an expert on it. Like I it meant nothing to me and I loved every second of it.
0: <laughs> it was. It was so much fun. Like it like I feel like in past years, like I've met up with buddies to like watch the draft, like, you know, we're usually got a bar or something just hanging out. Like, I'll pay attention when the Colts or the Bengals are picking, but like, yeah, I was tuned into every single pick this time. And like me and my roommate were both betting on it. And like we had bets that weren't necessarily about players, more we on positions. Like they'd name a position of the guy. Like we both had bet like over four and a half cornerbacks for the first time. It's like they name a guy I'm like, who the fuck's that? And they bet like, cornerback would be like, yeah. It's like, I don't even know who you are, but I love the position you play. Thank you. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: that's great. Yeah. It was, uh, it probably, uh- has to be one of the most watched drafts in a long time, which is, it, it was. It, and no, that's just the, my they, guess.
0: The, they they showed the stats. It was the most watched draft of all time.
1: And I, if, if I had to guess, it's probably the most paid attention to draft because kind of like you said, Kyle, I think it, it probably makes for pretty good like background watching because there's really not, there's like no action even when it's right when it's normal, you know, and they're on all the, all the guys are there and they can talk to them easily. Like, and it's like, you,
0: you normally don't have like, what's their biggest competition normally is like baseball. It's like, they have much, but now they had nothing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like baseball, maybe some, I don't know Would it be. It would be late season NBA regular season. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe the going first on. round
0: of the playoffs, but that's basically the same thing as end of the regular season for the NBA. But yeah, they, they did say It was the most viewed, and I think I don't understand TV ratings, but I think it's like whatever number it is, like millions of viewers, right? Does anybody know? I don't know that that's totally true, but I just know that they said this one was like a 15.6 and the second most viewed is like a 12 point something. So it's at least three points higher on whatever the viewing scale was (laughs) for NFL drafts.
1: It's what, 15% higher, 17.5% or whatever yes but uh it it was it was it was funny to watch like them just just doing it like with the the zoom meeting style for like a second for like the first three picks i was like okay like let's see what's happening and then after that it was like all right this is this is really just watching guys in their home offices doing nothing like there's no they keep showing the coaches and shit in the war room and it's like you can see a tv in the background that's a full like 4 minutes behind so you know it's not a live picture right. so it's not like you're watching him like okay he's getting ready to call this recruit like that wasn't happening at all it was a lot like watching the the most subdued version of the uh, march madness selection show Where they like (laughs) announce a team and then like you see the the picture of the team watching it. And then it's 30 (laughs) seconds later where they're like, yeah, they start
0: cheering. Yeah, they cut to them when they announce them and they just sit there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so like for the first little bit, it was kind of novel to me. And then I completely stopped paying attention to it after about
0: probably like pick 10 and just went back to whatever else I was doing. My two biggest takeaways from it were. Every single player who got drafted already lived in a nice house, so I don't know what the fuck's going on there. There was (laughs) nobody just living in a normal shitty house. Like, every single player they showed getting drafted had, like, giant couches and a pool table. They all had pool tables for some reason, but that's just how it was. And I think to be drafted in the NFL, you have to have one parent be dead because every single player who got drafted, they had a story about how their dad or mom was already dead. And it was very hard to listen to all of them, but I swear it happened every time
1: yeah the uh the there were some impressive living rooms i'll say uh and and yeah the, i fe- felt like some of the coaches had maybe the worst scenarios like what zach taylor the Bengals head coach is just in this like plain white
0: room with nothing else <laughs> right in it. he just it had like a Bengals poster slapped behind him that's all it was <laughs> it's like
2: i think the best part was the celebrations like after the pick came in and they'd get all excited and hug their kids and half the kids are just like i don't know why we're we're happy about that, but I'm just here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or like, even right. for the draft picks, like usually it's like you get picked and it's like, yeah, you hug everybody. You go up on stage, you get the the hat, you get a fist bump, Roger Goodell or whatever. But for this is just like, they just be like visibly happy. And then like hug mom, hum, hug dad. And then it's like, all right, all right now I'm just in my house.
0: <laughs> like, I guess I
1: just watch the rest of this on TV.
0: Right. So <laughs> very awkward that, like, situation the NFL sent like all 32 teams hats to most of the players. So that way they wouldn't know who's going to pick them. So they could pick the hat of who picked them. <laughs> I want to know what do they do with the other 31 hats? <laughs> good, good question. Wait till they get traded
1: later in uh, their careers. Just hang on to them right, just like, in case. May-
0: maybe it didn't happen with Joe Burrow. Cause everybody knew his number. Like to attack has 31 other NFL team hats who aren't the dolphins. What is he doing with them?
1: Fun fact, you just pronounced his last name way better than Roger Goodell
2: did. (laughs) Do those hats go to the same place that the, you know, national championship losing team t-shirts go? I guess that's true. Like somebody probably has like a
0: a Tua Tagovailoa national championship losing Alabama t-shirt and like a, I don't know, whatever random team from the NFL he didn't get drafted by hat. They can have the whole outfit of him (laughs) not actually doing things. That's mean, because he did he he did win national titles but he also lost them. So, you know, you have to <laughs> poke fun at people. <laughs> so
1: that was it was just the first round of the draft uh, last night. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of draft left to go. We don't have a, a ton to break down uh, as far as that goes. But we do have a couple of top threes to go through today. So as I said earlier, it is a very special episode. Uh, since there's not much to talk about other than really just the draft, so we're skipping over today's emails and instead just going to uh, do a couple of top threes. And for our first one, we we thought you know to go along with the NFL draft, uh, we we could at least make it somewhat related. So our first, we actually probably heard a lot of these yesterday, but our first top three <laughs> is going to be our top three sports cliches. So it's a pretty vague concept, but our top three sports cliches. Um, So with that, Luke, do you want to get us started?
2: Yeah, I'd love to go first on this one. And since we're talking about the NFL, I think this one um, fits really well as something we've always heard and was proven wrong. So number three, I'm going to go with defense wins championships. Yeah, defense is Good great, pick. unless you're like the Kansas City Chiefs and your offense is just ridiculous, and then a defense doesn't even matter.
0: Which is what we've been preaching for a year. Defense doesn't matter. Let's put up some points, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is
1: uh, – what a what a trio we are today. We just hate hate defense, want to see points. I
2: love it. <laughs> like, I, I don't hate defense, but say defense wins championships, like, yeah, but so does an offense. Like. Everybody's good at something. Some teams may be better at one than the other, but like, it still takes both sides to win a championship.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no example of like someone being like the number one offense and then like bottom five in defense. Like you, you just have to have a complete team, and, and the other way around. You know, even like when the Ravens won their first one with like I forget Kyle who their Ball quarterback even was. Yeah, so a dog shit at quarterback, like their offense overall was still probably like a top ten or top fifteen at
0: least offense. Yeah, they. Yeah. They still, uh, who was the? They had a decent running back. It was but like Jamal Lewis? Maybe? Jamal Lewis. Yeah, he had the like single game rushing record for a while. Yeah,
2: so like he was still really good. <laughs> yeah. So kind of kind of piggybacking off of that number three, my number two, kind of ties into the same thing of needing a complete team. And that's going to be the best defense is a good offense. <laughs> <laughs> I love, it. I love it. Both sides of the same coin there. Yeah, like no, Patrick Mahomes isn't the best linebacker in the world. Like I don't <laughs> think he's going to stop the other team. Like I, I know that's taking it way too literal, but it's still just but still that's does what we're here to do. To
0: it. <laughs>
1: No, I love it. I love the literal read of that. Like, I want someone to have the best offense and then just, like, one game be like, Phew. we'll just put them in
2: at defense. That's, got it. that's what the <laughs> saying says. Get the best players out there. It's just what you got to do. It's not even the best defense is a great offense, just a good offense. So take your average offense and, you know, that's the best defense you can get.
1: <laughs> it really, you, you start to wonder where, like, who came up with some of these sayings. Like, and in these cases in particular, it's like it had to have been a team that was really good at one and then shitty at the other. And they were like, I mean, we got to say something, right? We got to pump ourselves up a little bit here.
2: I'll go ahead and wrap it up with my number one that just it really annoys me. And that's when you hear, well, they just wanted it more than the other guy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the guy that won didn't give a fuck and the guy that lost cared a lot the other dude was just better. Like that's allowed to happen. It doesn't have to be, Oh, he didn't want it bad enough or the other person wanted it more. Like sometimes you just win or lose. Yeah. I, uh, this is
1: one of my, one of my favorites to kind of shit on because it's, especially at like a high level of competition, right? Obviously if you are, you know, if you are totally unhappy in your situation, uh, it, it can really bring like a team down, right? But at, at the high levels of competition, there's no one out there who's playing who's like in a close game or something like that and gives it up because they didn't want it more, right? Yeah, it's just, like, eh, just a it's such whatever. a crazy thing to
0: say. I mean, I'm pretty apathetic about this outcome. It's fine.
2: Yeah, there's always next year, right? Yeah.
1: Th- yeah, there's definitely something to say about like being up for a game or like being able to overcome nerves or something like that. And like that can, that can affect you in different ways, but I don't think it's like, uh, it's, it's heart. Heart is
0: 90% of winning. That's like, it's just not true. Great three from you, Luke. I'll go next. Um, that was hard for me. I, I, I love sports cliches, but this is what I think I narrowed it down to. Number three for me coming in is, The phrase deceptively athletic, which just means he's white, which is always always a fun one to hear. Yeah, you get that. I think we got that with Joe
1: Burrow (laughs) last night, I'm pretty sure, (laughs) or some version of it. There's a million different versions of that, too. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't have a ton of them off the top of my head, but there are many different ways many different ways to say that exact like same thing just to describe a white like, guy
0: it's like deceptively athletic gym rat x-factor um, they, they all mean white guy on the team that's <laughs> right. much more athletic
2: than he looks <laughs> oh, right. because he doesn't
0: look black okay. right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's hilarious every time sneaky fast stuff like that yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, number two for me it's specific only to I think college basketball but it's a great one it's this team's dangerous when they're making shots. Uh, no fucking shit. <laughs> Every team is. <laughs> that one I love. Come March, they're like, man, you got to watch out for t- this team. They're dangerous when they're making shots. Uh, they're no fucking shit. Um,
1: <laughs> That's a great, uh, uh, there's a thousand <laughs> great, like, coach right before halftime
2: interviews where they're like, well, we just got to go out there uh, and make we, shots. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah! Open yeah, we just you know. got to make them. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Damn! I wish we'd have covered that before the game. Then maybe we wouldn't right. be losing.
0: <laughs> seems so obvious now. Who would have thought we should have made the shots? We took? <laughs> yeah, maybe
2: put that in the game plan next time, Coach.
0: <laughs> Number one for me is when they say "given hundred and ten percent." I don't know. Apparently. Like, sports people aren't big numbers, guys. That's not possible. I don't know what you got to hear, but you can only give a maximum of 100%. I don't care what they say. You cannot give 110%.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much. And I don't even care about sports. This one is for life. Every yes. Anytime. Like, I get in fights with my wife. When she was like, you need to give 110%. I'm like, I can't. I can't. My that max will never happen.
0: I am literally maxing out at 100%. It's the most percentages
2: you can have. If I, can, if I can give you an extra 10%, that means I wasn't giving you 100% to begin with. Like, right. It is not possible to go above.
0: Which is why I always live by the always give 50% motto. <laughs> 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 that way, if you ever just want to give 25, you can tell people you're having a bad day. If you give 75, they'll give you a raise. <laughs> always just give 50%. <laughs>
1: You're just you're setting your own bar with that, right?
0: <laughs> Andy, what about you? What do you got?
1: Well, I tell you what I'm going to do for this top three. I'm going to give it my 110 percent effort.
0: Boo! Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, all right. So I uh, this this first one is I want to say it's it's primarily a white guy move. Uh, so a little bit in vain with yours, one of yours, Kyle. But when you are uh, play, you could be play. It could be anything. It could be like a professional game or like a pickup game at your at your uh, your local gym, like for playing basketball. And you get absolutely NBA Jam dunked on, and Ooh. just say, "Hey, still only worth two points." Like you could be getting <laughs> absolutely posterized. Between the legs, behind the back, just <laughs> on top of your face. And then
0: just be like, hey, still
1: only two points.
0: In a similar vein, it's the, I'll dunk when it's worth three. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that one I've That's never heard like before. That's one I always like to pull out. <laughs> so, I'll start dunking when it's worth three points. All right, till then, I'll step back.
1: All right, um, my number two is... This is less of a, like, less of a saying and more of just a thing that, that I really enjoy about sports, but it's something you hear about whenever it happens. And it's, don't talk about a perfect game in baseball while it's happening. Mm. Like, you don't want to yes. jinx the perfect game by saying anything about it. Nobody, nobody in the dugout could talk about it. The, uh, I, I feel like at a certain point, the announcers, like, there's a couple middle innings where the announcers, will bring that up like, oh, you don't want to say anything about a perfect game. But the, uh, the the idea of that being a jinx, I think, is really funny. That's a good one. All right. And then my number one, this is, uh, again, not really a saying, but just more of an action that happens during a game. And it's something that happens. This may happen more than any of these other ones that we've even talked about, but it's having a lead late in the game and changing what you do getting conservative and letting the other team right back in it just by playing a, a conservative play style and it happens all the time and i'll never understand it it's it, it's so the clearly pre-vent defense yeah the prevent it's, defense uh you know trying you to run the ball run the clock does. out uh it, any anything that you can think of for those those conservative scenarios it, it does seem to happen in football a lot but like It's so predictable when you start to go into that prevent defense and just let, let the other offense chew up the field. It's so predictable. You can see it coming from a mile away that it just lets other teams right back into the game. Like almost every time it's
2: unbelievable. I can't believe people still do it. It drives me up the wall. See, I'm, I'm going to take that a step further. So yeah, teams try and run out the clock and milk the clock and, you Mm know, Mm -hmm. try and win that way. But. How many teams at the end of the half go into the hurry up offense and end up scoring? Screw that. If you're up, go into the hurry up offense, you'll probably score more than you're likely to run out the clock. Shove it down their throats. I like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just put distance between you and them. It's not about holding on to the lead that you've got. Put it out put it away. Build,
0: build on the lead you have, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's especially like in The like the modern version of football where running is it's, I mean, it's still valuable, but it's just not as valuable and it's a lot more predictable. It's easier to stop, I would argue. And like that's the way that you that these teams choose to run out the clock. It's not even like, oh, we're going to do, you know, short, safe passes, stuff like that, just to keep the sticks moving. It's like, I'm going to run the ball three times, then punt it. And then play a prevent defense and let you score in a minute and then get the ball back and do the same thing. Totally, totally the most infuriating of the sports cliches in my book. All right. So those were those were great top threes. Did you guys have any honorable mentions that you wanted to get out there?
2: Yeah, I got a couple kind of to go along with the you know, he just wanted it more would be he brought his a game today. Mm. Yeah, because normally yep. he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be about a C today. not really going <laughs> to really give a shit, you know, C's get degrees. Um, let's let's be careful that's,
0: there. That's right, baby.
2: Come on. <laughs> and also nothing's coming easy for him tonight. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? Because you think the defense is just going to be like, oh, we're, we're going to let him have these. tonight. We're just going <laughs> to we're just going to make it easy on him. Of course, it doesn't come easy. That's why you're playing the best in the world. That one's always about, like, a star player, too, where
1: it's like, uh, like oh, yeah, Steph Curry. They're, they're really playing tough defense on him. Nothing's coming easy. Like, like their strategy going into it is, like, we're going to leave Steph open this game and just see what happens.
2: Yeah.
0: I also had a couple of honorable mentions. Um, so mine were uh, he's a great locker room guy, which means he's not very good, but I mean, he, he <laughs> kind of makes good jokes and that's which I enjoy. Cause I think I was a good locker room guy. So, right. Was, so I, I, I really like that one.
1: That's another good white guy <laughs> cliche. We've got
0: a lot of those yes. so far.
2: <laughs> good for team chemistry.
0: Yes. Add that to the list. Um, when they say, well, he's going to have to have a good game for this team to win. Uh, thanks. Yes. Um, it's most, te- most of the time when the teams win, they do have somebody who has a good game. I appreciate that input. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when they say, well, he's got a high ceiling, that just means like, well, he looks like he should be good. He's just not <laughs> quite good. <laughs> this guy sucks right now. <laughs> but like, he, he looks like he should be good. So he's got a high ceiling. Um, and then two more... One that I enjoy, but particularly scares my dad, is we've got a real barn burner here. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, so he does not enjoy when people talk about burning barns. (laughs) And then my last one is when they say he's got ice in his veins.
1: All right. Oh, yeah. Ice. What's cooler than being cool? Ice cold. Ice cold.
2: Like, that one always confused me because I'm like, oh, what? So he, like, froze up? Like, right, what? like is that is that good or bad?
0: Because also, yeah, yeah you, can, I, you can be hot, you can be heating up, or you, you can have ice in your veins. Which one is good? It's hard to like
1: understand where that came from because it's sort of like it makes me think like, okay, yeah, oh yeah, he's cold
0: blooded. I get that, but at like cold blooded animals, they disappear in the winter time. So I mean, you, you better yeah. hope it's a summer sport that you're good at if you're cold blooded.
1: <laughs> All right, uh so a couple from me. After after you lose a game in the press conference, you know, I especially this is especially like if it's an upset, right? Hey, credit to the other team; they played a great game out there. And then you list like ten reasons why your team sucked and blew the game. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the white guy's the shooter always. Um, that yes, you know, just more white guy cliches. There's a thousand of those. Um, the uh, the classic. Uh, he could go. Oh, the way. (laughs) Love that. That's a great call on any like long touchdown. And uh, live by the three, die by the three. Love that one. (laughs) And my uh, my my last honorable mention here uh, saying, you know, we just need a score or a stop right here. And we're right back in this thing. That's it doesn't really matter how far you're down. You can be down four scores with three minutes left. We just need a score. We just need a score and a stop. We're right back in
2: it. So you just you just have to play good? Yeah, it's like, if yeah we just exactly. Better,
0: it'd be good.
1: <laughs> we can't get more down than we already are. And we'll be right back in this game. Okay, that was a great, great sports-related top three, uh, as always, listeners. If you guys have your own uh, favorite, you know, top three sports cliches, Send them to us on Twitter. We're at opinions and on pod. You could send us your top three sports cliches or you could wait because we've got one more top three and you can tell us both of our both of your top threes for this this week. Our second top three is, you know, I brought this up there. There were a lot of emotional moments at the draft last night, I assume, because I only watched about half of it, really. Uh, But there always are. Right. Um, Keeping with that theme. This isn't going to be sports related necessarily. Could be. We're going to do our top three movie moments that made us cry. And I guess since I went last last time, I'll go ahead and go first here. Um, and boy, do I have a doozy of a list. All right, uh, my number three is going to be um, at the end of the movie. There's a lot of. There's going to be a recurring theme here. But at the end of the
0: movie,
1: at the end of the movie, movie, gladiator, when uh, Maximus Mm. is finally succumbing to all of his stab wounds and he starts to see, you know, his vision of his wife and his son and his his farm coming back. It's a really powerful moment because he's done everything that he really set out to do. There's not really anything left for him. And he just kind of is like, all right, now I, I can give in and just let go. And it's really, really heartbreaking. Uh, But you can always take solace in the fact that he did kill Commodus, who was a total douchebag.
0: Yeah, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. um, My number two. This is a tough choice between my one and two, but I think so for my number two, I'm going to do a similar scene. It's the end of the Iron Giant when Mm. the missile is coming in towards him and he turns to the kid and he says you stay I go and then flies up to it says Superman one last time closes his eyes and then boom takes it out before it kills everyone uh so so heartbreaking really messed me up
0: as a child a lot right Uh, but it's still very effective heavy ending for a cartoon yes Yes,
1: it is. For a great cartoon. That's one of my favorite animated movies of all time, The Iron Giant. Very, very good. All right. And my number one tearjerker of all time. It's Armageddon at the end when Bruce Willis decides he's gonna be the one that stays behind and shoves Ben Affleck back into back into the ship and calls his daughter, says goodbye, and then blows up the nuke on the on the asteroid, saving everybody. It is that that I think is, weirdly enough, that one might be the first movie that ever made me like fully burst into tears that I can remember. But it was like, Mm. like inconsolable tears. Anytime I see that it is so, so tragic, but just such a beautiful moment. All right. God, I got through that. I don't know how I'm going to be thinking about this the rest of the night, but. Kyle, why don't you keep us going and, uh, keep the, keep the tears flowing. I'll do my best.
0: Like (laughs) it's tough. Like I, I, it's hard to even talk about. Right. Like I mentioned this to Andy earlier. Like I, I have, we all have like our list of like our top, whatever. And we have to pick a top three, like my, including my honorable mentions. I watched all my scenes this afternoon. Just the the ones that made me cry again are the ones that made my top three. So these are fresh (laughs) in my mind, fresh in my heart. And here we go. my, my number three is in Hardball when G Baby gets shot in the shooting, and Ooh. Uh, right and like yeah. his, like because he he's there. It's his bro and his like older brother is holding him, but they're both still kids. And like after he realizes he's been shot, he's like, "It's okay, it's okay. We're, we're gonna get somebody here. We're gonna get somebody here." And it's just oh god, seeing G Baby get shot was was a lot. That one sure may still makes me cry. Um, my number two is. Iron Man dying at the end of Endgame, Avengers Endgame. When,
2: like, spoiler see,
0: alert. All right, it's been, that movie's been out for what, like three years now? Come on, well, like a full year, it, but still. All right, if you haven't seen it, like, come on, it, it's on you. It's on the internet. If you've been on the internet, you know this happens. I'll go so. back, I'll go
1: back when I'm editing this and put in a
0: spoiler tag before we start this.
2: I was really just fucking with you, <laughs>
0: right. Yes, if if people haven't seen Endgame by now, they're not our fans. They're not listening. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what, when that happens, it was it was heartbreaking. He's like, oh, we finally won. We beat Thanos. This is good. Everything's gonna be okay. And then I don't know, like Iron Man as he he developed into like being Marvel's guy. Like he, he is Marvel. Mm-hmm. And seeing him die and like Spider Man talking and not even Spider Man. His mask off. It's Peter Parker just like begging for him not to go. And it, it's very heartbreaking
1: yeah that one it's it's tough too because it's just like it's a very Iron man moment how he right. you know pulls off saving the world and then he's always kind of the exactly. the classic like smart ass guy right you don't have a whole lot right, of moments just where you feel around, vulnerable. never
0: taking yeah never taking anything seriously and like but God that's a good one it it uh, it'll bring tears to you mm-hmm. and then, number one for me was without a doubt remember the titans uh, when julius goes to vi- visit gary bertier in uh, in the hospital right like first because like the whole scene like it starts off where julius comes in he's starting to sob up and he talks to gary's mom and he's like you be tough those tears aren't gonna make my boy walk again it's like woof uh, oh mama why you gotta talk uh, like that and then he goes in and like the nurse is in there the nurse's is named alice i think and she's like sorry only ken are allowed in here he's like alice are you blind don't you see the family is that's my brother. And I was like, maybe that's another you know, sports cliche calling your teammate your brothers, but like well, he did. it's like, God, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I, I tear up every time. That's, that's such a good one.
2: Wow. Yeah, that is awesome. And I feel bad that I have to follow it. Um, surprisingly going last here, none of mine have been taken. All
0: right, good. Bring on more tears. Talk about it. This <laughs> is therapy boys. Get it out. Get it out.
2: <laughs> For my number three. And this one's probably just me, but I remember bawling my eyes out at Pokemon the first movie when Ash is turned to stone and then all the Pokemon just stop fighting and start crying and like their tears like bring him back. Well, you're right. Oh man. Oh. So beautiful. That that uh. hit me hard when I was younger. I watched the remake not that long ago, and it still hits hard.
1: That's a tough moment. I knew you were going there as soon as you said this may have just been me. I was like, I, it's not just you, buddy.
2: That's a, that's <laughs> a tough watch. <laughs> so for number two, I'm going to go. I've actually only seen this movie once, but it may have gotten the strongest tears out of me. I probably haven't watched it again just because of how strongly I cried. And that is going to be the movie Coco. Yeah. I don't know if you guys watched that one or not, but towards like at the very end of the movie, you know, and. Coco dies and then, you know, all the families coming by it's, I can't even put into words. Like just if, if you've ever lost a family member and just like watching that you will ball like a baby, I promise you.
1: Yeah, there are, I'm glad you brought that up because like these, these moments are all hard to watch. And I almost, I'm not, it's hard for me to go back and revisit some of these sometimes. Like, I probably haven't seen Armageddon in, te- in like 10 years because I just don't want to watch it because I know what's going to happen. That's a, a
2: really, really good point <laughs> about these. And for my number one, I think I've mentioned it on here before. Um, and I don't know if anybody took me seriously or not, but I absolutely was serious. The movie moment that I put as the number one guaranteed to make me cry is I am legend. When. His dog, his only companion don't in the entire it. movie, don't say it. Gets infected, and he has to uh, like kill his dog with his bare hands. Uh, it's fuck the pain in his face, and just the. I mean we've we've all lost pets, and it it hurts. Yeah. So to see him—that's the only living thing in his life—and he has to kill it with his bare hands to save his own life and it's oh it's awful
1: it's really it's it's interesting that i mean you made the right choice having that be your number one but the fact that the moment with the animal is like is probably more powerful or affects people more than people dying in a lot of these uh i mean it says a lot about like the weight of that moment but also just like how we feel about our pets, I think it's it's funny that that's our number. That's the number one. But it is the right answer.
2: Well, that yeah, a lot of people like I've seen memes out there, you know, kill 20 people. Oh, not a big deal. Kill an animal. You've gone too fucking far. <laughs> right. And yeah, it's a joke, but it it's so true. Like we're desensitized in movies to watching people die. But when it comes to an animal, it's just like you've crossed a line. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is about it, but there's there's just something there that kind of packs more of a punch. All right, if we can get through them, what do you guys have for honorable mentions?
0: I have... This is where I feel like this is more of not sad movies, just weird movies I cried at, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Uh, Good, good, good. Um. One of them is a sad movie. I just don't know if you guys have seen it. Simon Birch. Have you guys seen Simon Birch? Negative. I have not. It's an older movie. I think it was like one of the first DVDs we got. It it's about this kid who's born as like a short person and it's like going through his life.
1: Yep. And, and they're done that. Okay.
0: Where does it get sad? Well, like imagine even shorter than you, Andy. It's going to be tough to do, but I I'll, I will imagine it. <laughs> yeah he he just tries to navigate life of like he was so short he had to play jesus at like their live nativity like baby jesus that's how short he was yikes okay yes yeah he he ends up passing away and it's sad and all that but so that one always makes me cry um that one is actually sad these other ones they're sort of sad but also sort of just me not knowing how to handle my emotions makes me cry at them (laughs) um frozen when she sings let it go for the first time god i ball like yes, girl. I know the cold doesn't bother you. That's fine. You be your own thing. I do. If like my niece want to watch that, I have to walk out of the room when she starts. <laughs> I, I tear up. It's...
1: That's. I think that might make an appearance. Probably it's an honorable mention now on a uh, another top three I had in mind, which is movie moments that give you goosebumps. So it's you know slightly yes. different. We might end up doing that somewhere along the line, but
0: that's one of those moments for me that's what we call a teaser folks stay tuned for future episodes <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> um I have two more honorable mentions this one big daddy and I only remember because I watched it was on ah. TV the other night but when he had he has to give away like has to realize he's not gonna like raise Julian the kid it's like damn like these guys built a lot of fun together just goofing off and like now that he realizes he's not gonna be like his quote-unquote dad like it's, it's sad it, it makes me tear up a little bit
2: I wipe my own ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's such a funny movie too. Like you do you get like emotionally attached to this kid and like Adam Sandler and it's it's fun, it's a good ride and then when you're like, fuck, he's 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 not gonna be the dad and like you have to like see him like like the very last scene is him like giving him to his actual dad and like, you know, walking away and it's alright. I mean we, we survived, but we're not happy about it. It's, right. And then number one for me is calling back some another number one. The first. Wow. (laughs) The the first movie that made me cry. And this one is probably the most bizarre of mine, but uh, the first movie that I can remember crying after watching was star Wars episode three after Anakin turns bad and starts murdering all the little kids and like turns on Obi-Wan and like, I remember I, I was in, like, fifth grade, and I went to the, watch this movie in theaters with my mom, and, like, I remember, like, crying on the ride home. I was like, Mom, why did he do it? This is like... it, it did. Why did he do it? Right? I was like, little Annie. Like, why did he do it? Little Annie! Yeah, Star Wars Episode Three still makes me cry.
1: <laughs> I love it. I mean, I look, I totally don't blame you for... Before breaking down, I look, I have a sort of ironic love
0: for the prequel Star Wars movies. Uh Yeah, and I, I think it's like I, the, fir- the first one I ever saw was episode one. So like, I thought that was episode one. I was like, I love it. This is fun. There's all sorts of lightsabers and music. And like also episode one is awesome. It's got Liam Neeson and a bad guy with a double bladed lightsaber. Like episode one is awesome. I don't care what you say.
1: I mean, it's, it's got the so best
0: good. lightsaber fight. Right. It's, oh, for sure. So, yeah, like I, I thought that like was the beginning. I didn't know, like, oh, we already know Anakin is bad. I didn't realize that. Wow. I wasn't let on to that. Yes. So when he does turn bad, I was devastated. I
1: didn't even think about that. What an amazing turn of events. What an interesting perspective right. on the Star Wars
0: movies. So when you show Star Wars to your kid, start with episode one, if you really want to watch them cry. <laughs> <laughs> And if we
1: know anything about parents, it's that they want their children to cry.
0: I mean, you have to—they—they <laughs> they cry enough on their own. You have to—you have to take something back from them and just like hey, little bitch. Like, well, you know, okay. <laughs> How about if you want to make
1: them a a, a like well-rounded emotionally uh, a human being? Maybe that's the way to go. Because you could turn out like uh, me and just our, be a
0: weirdo. I say don't listen to our podcast though, because none of us are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> All right. Uh, Other Luke, any honorable mentions?
2: Yeah, I've got a couple and I don't know what it says about me that. So I had six total movies listed and five of them are cartoons. I don't know if that's just because cartoons are sad or if I have issues. I don't know. Um, nah, you're fine. Well, I, I do have issues, but not maybe because not of the cartoon things. <laughs> So, one of my honorable mentions, I have Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I think it was just, because especially our age group, like, yeah. we were the same age as Andy, like, going through those movies. Right. So, like, being in college and, you know, just when he's giving away his toys, I, it was just, it was almost like your childhood being handed away, and it, it just really hit me. Yeah, some of us were the same name as Andy. <laughs> Ooh, who could that wow. be? my dad but you know (laughs) i think that's the only one of these where i was actually in the movie theater crying um luckily i watched all the others at home um the next one i'm gonna say is obviously as a little kid you watch the lion king when mufasa dies yes absolutely how do you not cry
0: yep for sure, I, for I sure. will
2: judge you if you don't cry watching that. Actually, my sister refused to watch The Lion King after that for years. I remember she wouldn't watch it with me. It's a tough moment. It fucked her up that bad. It's a
1: tough moment. Honestly, we could do we could have done a whole top three with just Disney movies and had a lot that to makes spare. you cry because yeah. it's like basically yeah. all of
0: them.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely could have because I've already given a couple, and then my last honorable mentions Disney as well. Um, my wife wouldn't let me go without saying this because it's one of her favorite movies. But I mean, the beginning of Up—so mm-hmm. emotional. Like the rest of the movie, I like not forgettable. Obviously, it's still a great movie, but when you think of Up, it's just that beginning and how emotional it makes you feel without saying a word.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny that 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 is almost cited as like the saddest moment. Like it's like the saddest thing in pulp in pop culture because of how I mean, I how widely loved Disney movies are. Everybody's seen that and it just it's it happens at an unexpected time for the movie. It's how it starts it's literally yeah. the very opening of the movie you just wouldn't expect that from you know a kid's movie and it, it just right like, is really well done as well so it's just a very powerful like uh, yeah like you said it's a montage basically but it still manages to fit like this whole story arc in
0: all right we, everybody's tears out or what, what's going on oh no no <laughs> no
1: I, I don't have my honorable mentions done don't worry okay uh, huh? I'm gonna go get some
0: tissues.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm gonna keep it going with the uh the Disney train because I have uh Monsters Inc. when I mean there's a couple of them in that, Uh, right? There's a couple of them. There's the one where they shred there's when they shred the door to Boo's room so she can't Uh, or so he can't go back. And then there's the very end, which I think has probably hit me harder, which is when Mike Wazowski builds the door for Stolly and he puts that last piece in and then opens the door and they they finally reunite. Uh, that's kidding. that's absolutely brutal.
2: Oh, oh.
1: Um, a, a couple of popular ones: um, Wilson in Castaway, losing Wilson.
0: <laughs> I think I got desensitized to that one because of all the people who would dress up as him for Breakfast Club and <laughs> drunkenly yell Wilson. So like I associate it with something
2: funny, well, not son! something
0: sad. <laughs> like I just associate it with drunk people at seven a.m. yelling. So I think I think that one's funny, not sad. <laughs> all right fair enough um, but I, but i totally get the sad vibes don't worry
1: <laughs> yeah the other thing i one i think is a really tough one this is probably this might not i guess is maybe not even the most uh the most popular one from this movie but i had from saving private ryan when wade the medic dies and he's trying to tell the guys what to do and is is kind of losing his shit and then finally realizes that it's you know there's there's nothing they can do for him other than give him morphine and kind of watch and it's it's really really brutal uh the ending of that i think probably maybe is the more popular scene from that but the way dying is is worse for me um i'll do i mean all of these are just death which i hate so uh I'll only do one more. This one, probably I don't actually cry at, but when Rufio gets stabbed and hook, Ooh, that's tough. He's just a kid, man. Mm, Yeah. He's just a kid. And that damn captain hook just runs him through. It's not fair. Um, so moving on to, this will be my last one. And it's more of a, this is definitely a happy cry, but just a, like really big emotional moment. And this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's a wonderful life. When at the end, when everybody all the whole town shows up to pitch in money for George, so he you know doesn't commit fraud or whatever he's going to go to jail for. I kind of forget what the exact crime is, but the the whole town bands together because he's the best guy in town, and it's just a really, really, uh, like really happy but really emotional moment. And always kind of gets me. Um, and that's one that I watch, you know, every year at Christmas. So it's just always, you know, it's just over and over every year. I get that moment. Um, and I love it. I love that movie. It's, it's great. Um, but yeah, that's a, I think that's a better one to end on than just a bunch of people dying, which is what most of this was. So
2: <laughs> yeah. really, really great. Send
1: us out on a positive note. Yeah. Yeah. yeah something a little more positive. So Really great top threes. I like those. Those were good. Um, but with that, I think it's probably time to wrap us up for the, uh, for the week here. Before we go, before
0: we do make sure to s- send us your top threes. Yes. Both of them. Yeah. So what
1: movies made you cry? Maybe we shouldn't have done so many honorable mentions to give you guys a little bit of wiggle room. <laughs> <laughs> well, your, your top three sports cliches and your top three uh, movie emotional movie. Moments. Um, this was. These are a lot of fun. It's always nice to see what really gets to people. So uh, definitely send us those. Uh, also, before we go, a couple of plugs. Of course, follow our socials. Uh, we're at Opinions Anonymous on Twitter. We've got a Facebook page. Uh, we've got a website, OpinionsAnonymous.com. Um, There's like some blog posts, stuff like that, up there. You can listen to the episodes there. You can go to our store there and get yourself get yourself some merch. Uh, and you can email us. We're contact at opinionsanonymous.com uh, and, you know, be one of the next listener emails. Of course, wherever you listen to this, whether it's Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store, rate us five stars and make sure to leave us a review. Uh, if you leave us a five-star review, we'll lead it, we will read it live right now. And this week's review comes from Joseph T.T. Kitty, uh, the extra tease for extra talent, he says, "Do you like laughing? Then listen to this podcast." So, thank you, Joseph. Really appreciate that. That's how you leave a review, right there. Short to the point. Give us a compliment and get the fuck out. That's what we're. That's what we're going for. We fuck. We love that. I fuck with that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go ahead, leave us a review. We'll read it on the episode. And as a bonus this week, for each five star review, um, we'll help you create a discord account so you can hang out on our server. I'll do that personally. So if I you like leave that, a five-star review, yes. DM me on we Twitter or something, I'll help we you will, out.
0: We will let you through the velvet rope that <laughs> goes into our discord chat. Yes, exactly. We will lead you right in. <laughs>
1: or you can click the link that's in the description of this episode as well. But either way, we want you on there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so come join us over okay. there. It's the best way to communicate with us. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. All right, with that, for Kyle, for other Luke, I've been Andy. We'll see you next time on Opinions Anonymous.
2: Bye bye